Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to AI Named This Show. I'm Tasha Custody. And I'm Tristan Jutra. And we are your human hosts. And this week is nothing short of an all-hands-on-deck emergency. And we're going to bring you what, at least for the next five minutes, is the latest or 10, in the or 15. open AI ousting and then almost immediate reinstating of Sam Altman drama that was this past week. And hola to our listeners in Brazil. Obrigado for listening. <laughs> I don't know how to say for listening. So there you go. Hopefully Thank that you made for sense. listening. After the wildest five days, maybe in that the tech industry has seen and I don't even know how long, it's probably important to begin today's episode with a bit of a quick recap of events surrounding all of this open AI drama. And then f- and five days in internet time, is that like five years? But in AI time, it's like 50 years? <laughs> I feel like we've lived three lives at a minimum in the last five days. All I know is like over the weekend, I was just like refreshing Twitter all weekend long. I was vi- visiting my dad's place and just like, Trying not to be too rude, but it's like the stuff, like th- things, things were changing. There's new updates all the time. What is happening? People were doing emergency podcasts and blogs are updating. Everyone was on fire. No one was getting sleep. So it's exciting. a good thing you don't sleep anyway, because a lot of this broke in what I would consider the middle of the night. <laughs> Even Satya so, Nadella was like tweeting at 11, 1142 at night. <laughs> it was incredible. Up? So let's go in the way back time machine to Friday, November 17th, shall we? <laughs> When the saga began. (laughs) So on Friday, the OpenAI board fired CEO and co-founder Sam Altman in honestly what we all still probably think is a stunning move that I don't think really any of us saw coming. And in short order, president and co-founder Greg Brockman quit in solidarity with Altman. Yeah, he was the chairman of the board. Yes. And both of them seemed judging by their tweets or posts on X, just as shocked by the ousting as really any of us, as well as all the, well, most of the OpenAI employees. No no notice given to anyone. Great internal comms strategy there, folks. (laughs) None at all. And then it was announced at the same time that Mira Marathi would serve as the interim CEO. And she she was the chief technical officer. Well-respected in the industry. Everyone's like, okay, well, at least she's here. Then what happened? (laughs) Well, then on Saturday, the next day, like after all the storm and drang overnight, there were rumblings that Altman might return to OpenAI. He he even uh, posted a picture of himself, a photo of himself online with a visitor badge saying that this would be the first and last time that he would wear that badge, indicating 
either he just would never show up there again, or next time he came, he would be back part of the team again. Who knows? So that's that's part of this whole story too. Is like it it did kind of speak to the relevance of X, formerly Twitter, still because this yes. is where all the action was happening. Things were being reposted on Threads and elsewhere, maybe even Mastodon eventually. But really, most of the tech journalists were doing all their stuff on X. So people want to uh, talk about things going down in the DMs. No, things still, as this has proven, continue to go down on X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It was wild. Statements were being made, Tristan. <laughs> so the day before, when they when the they had announced uh, his ouster, the, the board said that he had not been candid with the board on matters. And so there was like a sort of a, a lack of transparency and trust was developing. And then on the Saturday, um, Brad Lightcap, the chief operating officer, wrote an internal company memo saying that his ouster was over a breakdown of communication, sort of reinforcing that, that uh, fact, not malfeasance. So that was a clarifying note. Um, basically saying that, you know, just so you know, nothing bad, because people were assuming the worst. Did, you know, was he up to some shenanigans? Was he, did he get me too Like, what was, what was going on? Because people's minds just obviously go to the worst possible scenario. And, but this cl clarifying memo just really added a bunch of confusion to an already confusing situation. And, you know, some, we started to hear some rumblings that some OpenAI employees were threatening to quit if Altman wasn't brought back by the end of the weekend. And then it, also there was a 5 p.m. deadline on the Saturday for the Altman to negotiate with the board. Um, and that got missed. So they were, you know, can you imagine going and sitting and having a meeting with folks who just like canned your butt basically <laughs> and and then are going, oh crap, we're not, we're kind of new to this job <laughs> running a board. And it all speaks to the, I, I mean, we can talk a little bit about the structure of the organization, but you know, these, they're mem the, the board members, there's, a, you know, there's six and Sam was used, a beast was on the board, I believe originally. And, um, Greg Brockman, who was also the president of the company, and he was the chairman of the board. And we had uh, Ilya Sutskever, who was supposedly the ringleader behind this, and a few of the other members that we'll talk about in a little bit. But they're the mem they're members of the board of the nonprofit, which controls OpenAI's holding company and OpenAI, the operating company as well. So it's a little bit of an exotic, non-standard uh, situation, which adds to the confusion because there's sometimes a misalignment of values and incentives. And we'll, we can get into that in a, in a little bit. So anyway, um, he, didn't, uh, he didn't get rehired by the end of Saturday. Not by the end of Saturday, Tristan. So, but by the end of the weekend, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella announced that they had hired <laughs> Altman, Brockman, and a few other colleagues to lead a new advanced AI research team. So just as a refresher, everyone, Microsoft owns 49% of OpenAI. So this was really a situation of like, part of me was like, I okay, didn't see this twist. And then the other part of me was like, well, makes a lot of sense. And one company's whoopsie and loss is clearly Microsoft's huge gain. <laughs> it was just wild. In this same time, Interim CEO Mira Marathi had expressed support for Altman to return, like in his initial position. And so she, in turn, was removed as the interim CEO after about, like, what, 48 hours? 
it's just you can't write a script this good so she was replaced by ex-twitch boss emmett Shear as interim ceo and, and he's got a lot of credibility in the industry he was a co-founder of justin.tv uh, which became twitch so a lot of people are like oh well that's kind of le- out of left field but okay let's see so he can take care of things for the time being hmm, question mark because as all this was happening which would have been wild enough Also on Monday, nearly all of OpenAI's employees threatened to quit and join Altman at Microsoft if the board didn't resign. And they were basically guaranteed jobs at their same compensation rate if they wanted as well. And you even had companies like Salesforce trying to poach them too. Yeah, well, we're literally talking about over 700 employees here that signed this open letter that along with the board's resignation, they also wanted the reinstatement of both Altman and Brockman. Because a lot of people need to understand, like, a lot of the employees at OpenAI took that job to work with Sam Altman. They knew him in some capacity. They liked what he was doing. They believe in the mission and they're there for him. And it is clear as day that that is the case because I've I've never seen this, at least all in my all my decades in tech, of a company being, the employees of a company being this aligned to the vision and the ousted CEO and not to the whatever's going on in the background and whatever the real story is, like to stand by their man like this, wild. And even before said open letter, people were expressing their support for Altman on Twitter. He made some uh, offhand remarks right, on X saying uh, I, something to the effect of, I, I love our team at OpenAI so much. And then all the replies started coming in as heart emojis. Mm-hmm. And so that was basically the signal. Everyone who replied with a heart emoji was standing by him. And that's where you saw Mira Marathi in there as well. And so that then this be, the momentum started to build because, you know, network effects, how it all works on, on X, people seeing, you know, they, they're all following each other, those of them who are on that, that platform. So and it, was, it was just like catnip for the journalists seeing all this happening in real time as well. And then we end up with that open letter where people are you know, putting their, their money where their mouth is. But uh, there were some su- other surprises, uh, surprise signings there. Yeah, because it wasn't just other employees. The letter was also signed by chief scientist Isla Sutskever. I'm probably not saying Ilya, that yes. at all. Ilya, yeah. But he's one of the board members who helped the coup. He helped lead the coup and fire Altman in the first place. And he signed the letter being like, oh boy, I've made a grave, grave mistake. And in fact, Tristan, he made a whoopsie doopsie. And I don't know if you saw his post on X, but he said in a statement, quote, I deeply regret my participation in the board's actions. I never intended to harm OpenAI. I love everything we've built together and I will do everything I can to reunite the company. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So by the end of that day on Monday, some investors were even considering suing the board after Altman's abrupt firing. So I cannot still imagine like this show of support from literally everyone because that wasn't all, Tristan. <laughs> The plot thickened from there, even though we thought it was over. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, by um, by by 
Tuesday, um, OpenAI announced, or maybe it was early early Wednesday, OpenAI announced that uh, Sam Altman was going to return as CEO with a new initial board of Brett Taylor, Larry Summers, and Adam D'Angelo. And Greg Brockman was also going to return. And the announcement says that OpenAI has an, has an agreement in principle to reinstate Altman as CEO. Either way, the me. board members that are out <laughs> are Tash McCauley, Helen Toner, and Ilya Sitzgaver, three of the four directors who ousted Altman. So wasn't um, Adam D'Angelo one of the ones? Because Adam D'Angelo, was the, isn't he the one that's the head of Quora? And Quora has their own uh, competing product called Poe. This was some of the speculation because yeah. since everything was so mum on why, mm-hmm. why the big question did this happen? Mm-hmm. Some of the speculation, you know, of course, we heard all the things about AI safety, regulations, all that kind of stuff. But then another line of the speculation was, is it, you know, we talked, geez, last week about Altman having what I called his hand in so many cookie jars. And was it possibly a conflict of interest? Was he working on something, a competitor to maybe something like that? So we we did not get the full story, at least as of couple hours ago (laughs) we we may not know tristan so the interim board apparently will help select a larger permanent one which uh we we wouldn't be surprised if it included um adela on there or or would be i think that's the odd thing about this given their large stake in the for-profit company um that you know they have they have no say in the uh, non-profit company per se which controls the for-profit company. So it's all very strange, given that they Microsoft has so much skin in the game. And speaking of Microsoft, the whole thing, like Satya Nadella really appeared to be the grown-up in the room here. Because as this was all unfolding over the weekend, you got to think, like, he's probably going, what are these yep. kids doing? I mean, they're not kids. They're, they're grown-ass adults at this point, right? But... It's like, and he had to be, he had to like calm influence. You know, he was probably not impressed and was making calls behind the scenes and making very measured online statements saying, you know, we would, we're happy to work with, you know, Mir Marathi or, uh, you know, or was it Brad Emmett, the other, like whoever, whoever, um, you know, ends up being not, not with the fellow from Twitch. What's his name again? It's like so many names. Emmett, sorry, Emmett Shear. Um, we're happy to work with any of them. And, you know, and then, you know, and then Greg and, uh, and Sam, you know, maybe, maybe we'll work with them either at OpenAI or maybe here at Microsoft, you know, whatever. It's all good. He was just trying to tamp things down by the time the stock markets opened on Monday, because on Friday, the, on the Friday, uh, uh, with this news, this, you know, f- late Friday announcement, Microsoft stock went, you know, went down by 1% which doesn't sound like a lot, but that is billions of dollars of market cap evaporating. So, you know, he's just like, whoa, let's let's get things under control here and, and get clear uh, on uh, what what the message is, what the plan is, folks, because this is not cool. So, Tasia, there's some more uh, breaking news. Believe it or not, <laughs> it's still not all. <laughs> As of about, I don't know, three hours ago, I've got another update for you, Tristan. (laughs) So Altman has agreed to an internal investigation into alleged conduct that initially prompted the board to oust him in the first place. So when the board had made their initial decision to fire Altman, they had said in that blog post that, you know, he hadn't been consistently candid, whatever that means, with board members. But they weren't able to, or perhaps maybe they weren't willing to pinpoint exactly what was wrong or any misdoings by Altman. They really weren't specific of 
couldn't give us examples of anything. So it kind of still remains to be seen whether or not this is an AI safety and regulation thing or if they were upset, you know, maybe he's working on a competitor. But I had just finished reading an article from the Wall Street Journal that said it really could be as simple as they got, quote, bad vibes or the ick is what they were calling it from Altman. It's like I a bad date. <laughs> yeah. I swear right as we were about to record this. So like not even literally as of an hour ago, CNBC reported that Sam Altman's ouster was precipitated by a letter to the board about an AI breakthrough. So several staff researchers sent the board of directors a letter warning of a powerful artificial intelligence discovery that they said could threaten humanity. What? This is two people familiar with the matter. They reported to Reuters. So to reiterate, this is what just a couple sources are telling Reuters as of, my God, what time is it right now on a Wednesday when we are recording this? So they're saying that this letter was just one factor among a longer list of quote unquote grievances by the board, which we've still yet to be determined. So Reuters, by the way, I just want to also point out, because I don't want to do all speculation here, they have not been able to review this letter yet. And OpenAI, of course, declined to comment. But according to one of those sources, Mir Marathi told employees on Wednesday, so like right before this broke, that right now there's a letter about the AI breakthrough called Q-Star. So that's this program or new AGI perhaps and that kind of helped push through on the board's actions. So OpenAI reportedly has made progress on QSTAR which some internally believe could be a breakthrough in the startup search for super intelligence also known as AGI. Artificial, artificial general intelligence. General intelligence. Which, which as a pause here on that I just listened to an interview with Sam Altman like literally a few days before he had been canned and then rehired. Um, and he does use the term AGI, but he does not like the term AGI, which OpenAI just really blanket kind of describes it as any systems that are smarter than humans. So he doesn't really love it because it's too much of a blanket term. However, for us noobs, if you will, and for the rest of us to understand, we're just going to roll with that term. So this Tristan, at least... I literally should do a Google search right now as we speak. At least of the last two minutes is the official where we are with the saga. We're going to get an internal review that who knows what that'll even show. And well, and who knows if that'll go public. And apparently there was indeed some concern about these new AI systems or QSTAR as it's being called, which is what a name, stupid. It's strange that Altman is referring to AGI in a casual kind of way, in an imprecise way, especially given that Microsoft's partnership with OpenAI is restricted to non-AGI research and assets. So once OpenAI achieves AGI, Microsoft doesn't have any claim on any of that. So you think they would get clear on what they exactly they mean by AGI. So that's mm-hmm. that's one thing. Another thing is of the speculated reasons why the board had concerns about Altman. You know, this Q star thing aside, you had mentioned the other 
uh, projects he'd had his hands in, including things like WorldCoin with the orbs scanning people's irises all around the globe to give them a little bit of cryptocurrency for universal basic income, all that one project he had going. Um, another was... We talked about we talked about last week speaking with Johnny Ive about designing the quote unquote iPhone for AI, uh, you know, in the conversation about AI wearables and and whatnot. Also, uh, looking for investors to create processors to compete with Nvidia, dedicated to AI for data centers and whatnot, because we all know AI takes a lot of compute. So. He's a you know busy guy, but like a lot of you know CEOs are ambitious people are. You could you know throw someone like Elon Musk into the mix, who's got a lot of project he's working on too. So maybe there was concerns about focus. One of the other speculations, as you had alluded to, was regarding AI safety versus uh, pedal to the metal. There's this movement that has emerged online, spearheaded by people like Mark Andreessen, called uh, effective accelerationism kind of as a counterpoint to effective altruism espoused by some people, sometimes not so great people like Sam Bagman fried uh, But there's, so what's happening is you've got the effective accelerationists who are like, we should, like, as we've discussed in previous episodes, we got to keep going with this stuff because, you know, other China and other countries aren't going to wait for us. So let, let her rip. And then they accuse the, the safetyists, the doomers, the AI doomers, they're, of, of being decels so they're calling them decels or decelerationists now openai's board they're they're concerned with safety openai was I mean, originally the idea was it was going to be an open project open source elon musk named the company he was one of the original investors their original money they got from seed money from him he eventually left a few years later because of conflicts with tesla's ai stuff and he has since been critical of the approach that openai has, has done since because and some people are now calling them closed AI, especially. So that comes into the other potential tension between Sam Altman and the board is that the open AI nonprofit, its goal is, you know, is research for the benefit of humanity and safety. Whereas the for-profit doing these deals with Microsoft, $13 billion deep, mostly in the form of Microsoft Azure cloud credits, I'm sure uh, they are like, they're out to make money, you know, and all these other projects, whether they're in open AI or not, this is like Sam Altman is an entrepreneur, right? He started Looped, a social a location-based social media company in the in the early aughts. He was involved in Y Combinator and other enterprises as well. So this guy's not going to stand still. So there's that's another potential point of tension. And you know, maybe it's all, maybe there's like a whole stack of things that they had concerns about and they just had to say one thing because they didn't really know how to communicate effectively. But if it's this Q star business well that's a whole different and there i had heard rumors over the weekend there was no name but there was some rumblings that oh maybe it's an agi thing and that's mm -hmm. what they're concerned about especially if they're concerned about ai safety and if he's like yeah let's go let's go and they're like whoa 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 you're out we're gonna put the brakes on this by the time this this gets published asia who knows where we'll be so all we could say is take a deep breath i will get some sleep tristan will not don't worry he's on the front lines for you just follow Make us sure. on X. Real-time updates. <laughs> Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What do you say we travel back in time a little bit? Way back. Feels like a different world, you know, like two weeks ago. (laughs) Because OpenAI had their first ever dev day before, in the before times, Tristan. OpenAI Dev Day. This is like, this is like the next best thing to uh, Apple's WWDC Worldwide Developers Conference or you know Google I/O or something like this. They're, this is their very first one, and people were hyped. And you can go online and watch the keynote address. You can go and watch a bunch of the technical sessions as well. So in the uh, OpenAI's Dev Day, they showcased all sorts of improvements to the uh, GPT model. They've got GPT four Turbo. We've heard. Of 3.5 turbo. Well, now four has got turbo. And I've noticed myself even using GPT-4 as part of ChatGPT plus, it's much faster now because it initially was pretty, pretty pokey compared to 3.5 turbo, but new features include increased context length. So you can, it can retain context. It's short-term memory is longer. You get more control specifically in terms of model inputs and outputs, better knowledge, which means both updating the cutoff date for knowledge uh, around about the world. For the longest time, we were stuck in September 2021, and now it's up to April 2023. And and Sam Altman, when he was, you know, the boy wonder doing that keynote, he was saying, we don't want it to be that long of a wait next time around. So they're committed to keeping more up to date, you know, unless... We'll see what the new board has to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, providing the developers to easily add their own knowledge bases. A new modality such as Dolly 3, Vision, and uh, TTS, text-to-speech, will all be included in the API now and uh, with a new version of Whisper speech recognition coming. Uh, customizations including fine-tuning and custom models, which uh, Altman warned won't be cheap. Uh, higher uh, rate limits before things start to get thralled or cut off. And uh, to be clear, this is still the same foundational model GPT-4. This is not GPT-5. And until a few months ago, they Altman was saying, oh, we're not even working on GPT-5 yet. But it's kind of come out since then that, yeah, actually, they're working on it now. So these features are just are. making the API more usable, both in terms of features and performance and getting cheaper. Uh, parts of it getting cheaper, anyhow. And there were, they had brought Satya Nadella on stage to talk about how wonderful their partnership was, and so on. So it was uh, th- there was there was some interesting specific features that they got into. Some of which were customer facing. Let's uh, talk a little bit about custom GPTs. Yeah, you can now build your own GPT. This, to me, I think was the coolest part of of the keynote. So you, you're going to be able to do this just with natural conversation, essentially. So GPTs are tailored versions of ChatGPT for a specific purpose. You can build a GPT, a customized version of a ChatGPT for almost anything. So you build these with instructions, expanded knowledge, and actions. 
and then you can keep it private or you can publish it for others to use, which I think is like the coolest thing about it. It's kind of easy to see that like how these GPTs will allow users to create more specific tasks a little bit faster, more customized than ever before. You can program a GPT just by talking to it. So natural language prompts, just like we're used to prompting our LLMs, and it's easy for users to now customize these to fit kind of exactly what they want. So of course, OpenAI says it's going to monitor this activity and it's going to block things like fraud and hate speech and quote-unquote adult themes because coming soon is going to be a GPT store, which is so awesome. So you're going to be able to find GPTs or add yours to the store and they're going to have a revenue share for the most popular GPT. So if like people are using it, I, I'm kind of thinking this as like the dumbed down version to explain this is like the new age plugin or, or like the new age, like, like Chrome browser extension, but yeah. it's, but it's a GPT and you can use them right inside your chat GPT. You can build your own, keep it private, make it public, or you can go to their store that's going to open soon and download other cool custom gpts so i don't know if you've seen anybody i've seen a couple things on x like a few people playing around with some of these initially you've not built anything yet have you uh, oh i've started Ooh. <laughs> are you allowed to say what that is um it, no or... it's secret we will never tell you well it, 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 some people have likened this to the app store moment like similar to how a year after the iphone came out it was a full year before the App Store came out. This has been, we're almost at a year. We're a year mm -hmm. minus a week from when ChatGPT was available to the public with 3.5, basically. So we're a year in now. Now let's open it up a bit. There was They had plugins already. Um, they work okay. But with these custom GPTs, what, what it lets you do, so up until now, we've been able to keep our saved uh, chats down the left-hand side. So, which is great, because and they can retain a certain amount of context. There's what this new paradigm lets you do, however, is kind of like how you could set custom instructions at a global level and information about yourself as a global at a global level about all your chats. Now you can set that for each individual chat, so to speak, or each individual agent or GPT. So they basically have, you, you just start a conversation with chat GPT and tell it what you want to build. And then what it will do in your conversation is behind the scenes on a separate tab, it will start taking, taking notes and keeping track of what you want the GPT to be able to do. So it could be an expert in anything. So what one you know, great example is for uh, a company. Let's say you want to basically uh, upload documents with all your HR policies. And it, you can do that with PDFs, Word docs, whatever. And then uh, you can maybe do uh, also uh, inform it about, say, your company values, your, 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 your mission statement, your vision, all these sorts of things, and uh, some other information, you know, org charts and whatnot. And then you could go in and then simply, in a conversational manner, ask it questions. Oh, like, oh yeah, how many, if someone's been at the company for three years, how many weeks vacation do they get? Or how many sick days do they get a year? Or what's our mat leave policy? You could just, and it would much quicker than, just kind of like how we use Google nowadays, like how many, we, we don't go to directories of things, like digging around your, you know, you know, 
you know, dinkering around like on a company's SharePoint or intranet or whatever, it can take, it can take forever. If you can just search things, great. If you can have a conversation, even better. Like it's a, it's an intelligent agent. We've been seeing chatbots uh, on websites forever. A lot of you know car dealerships and all sorts of things. You know, a lot of them are not great. Well, imagine one with this kind of power, trained specifically on your organization's information, or it could be about your your personal life. You could if you could upload information. You know, about your friends. We talked. You know, what was that episode number two? Resurrecting the dead with generative AI. Oh, we could yeah. post all our chats. We we. Tasia, you could make a virtual Tristan GPT if you ever wanted to bounce ideas off me, but, you know, I wasn't around. Um, maybe I was no longer on this earthly plane. You know, you could just keep doing the show without me, given my advanced years. So <laughs> so that's the great thing is that it's not only saves chats, but you've got these specific GPTs now that are customized. And that is one of the discussions that's happening in the development of artificial intelligence nowadays is whether large language models are really the future. I think when it comes to AGI, yes, but because AGI will, once the computing power is there eventually, especially when we talk about things like quantum computing, if that ever, that ever happens, then yeah, they'll know everything about everything. But in the meantime, sometimes when the, the large language models get too big, they based on some research and some of it seems to have been a little flawed. There's still some debate. I mean, is GPT-4 getting dumber in some respects? It depends on what your metrics are. But if you can train it on smaller, more specific data sets, you can get more relevant answers. And it will be less likely to hallucinate because its data set is more robust in the target domain that you're uh, querying it on all the time. And then with the ability to share it with others. Again, you could share it within your organization or you could share it with the general public and there will be a monetization model and boom, there's our app store model, our app store moment. And they're not really apps per se, they're more like little workflows. But I think one of the other concerns I've heard about the board, like when they, when they started to ponder the consequences of that sort of thing, we're only one step away from officially sanctioned you know, uh, agents, autonomous agents. And there have been people who have created things like Baby AGI and Agent GPT and things like that uh, out there to string a bunch of tasks together to like, you know, find me the best uh, deals on flights from you know, Van Vancouver to Manzanillo between this date and this date. And, you know, I want the uh, direct flights and et cetera, you know, cheapest, whatever, whatever. It, it, you can do that, but it's a little tricky and it kind of times out half the time and you got to punch in, plump, put in credits and, and whatnot. But if you could... It seems like we're getting partway there just natively with OpenAI's own tools. And so if that's the next step where you're not just building and potentially selling these custom GPTs, but your actual GPT agents, autonomous agents, which have access to the web, which are programmed to use APIs of other websites and are going off and doing stuff on the web. I think that's one thing that the board might've been a little bit concerned about when they, you know, you start to think it through, you think about the second order and third order effects of this kind of tech, which would be super useful, but people who aren't the best actors in the world, you know, maybe are up to some shenanigans. Leave, leave our open AI discussions on a positive note. <laughs> If I may direct the conversation away from OpenAI, kind of, for a skosh, I want to kind of talk a little bit about Grok. We teased it last week. And I'd like to 
actually just read you <laughs> the official announcement statement because I think this will give you a really good indication of what you can expect from Grok. So here's their official statement from XAI. Grok is an AI modeled after the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, so intended to answer almost anything and, far harder, even suggest what questions to ask. Grok is designed to answer questions with a bit of wit and has a rebellious streak, so please don't use it if you hate humor. A unique and fundamental advantage of Grok is that it has real-time knowledge of the world via the X platform. It will also answer spicy questions that are rejected by most other AI systems. Grok is still very early beta product, the best we could do with two months of training. So expect to improve rapidly with each passing week with your help. Thank you, the XAI team. Dear God, Tristan, <laughs> there's so much to unpack. First of all, it's it's based on like the data in X. Totally reliable. Oh no. I just want everybody to sit with that for a second. Like there as we know, so much information on that platform. So yes, it may still be where a lot of us go to get our news from reputable sources where a lot of Big-time CEOs may go when they get fired and then rehired in the course of four and a half days. But, oi, this is really... Do we need this? <laughs> Do I need an AI tool that That's pulls... Spicy. <laughs> that is spicy. That is sarcastic. That pulls from... The breadth of Twitter, if you will. Do we need this? And is this just going to be a novelty thing that, oh, haha, I, I asked it a query and it gave me like a funny, sarcastic response. Cool. Like, is this more than that? Because I honestly asked the question. Everybody wants, to, we all want to poke fun at Elon. I mean, he was one of the co-founders of OpenAI. So... I just find it funny that like a week ago he's preaching about this all moving too fast and we need to pause and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, by the way, here's Grok. <laughs> well, a couple of things. One, the name. I think he's pushing some additional nerd buttons there because some Trek fans out there, even though the term goes further back, when there was a campaign to save the original Star Trek TV series in the late 60s, people were getting T-shirts emblazoned with the phrase, I Grok Spock. So to grok something is basically to understand it on a deep level. It's great from a branding perspective, you know, for you know, the geeks out there. Unfortunately, Musk has burned a lot of goodwill over the last couple of years due to shenanigans. You know, he should just stay off of that platform that he overpaid for. <laughs> I think people would and just stick to cars and rockets and sure, maybe do some AI and some, you know, tunnels and some satellites and whatnot. Cool. You're doing a lot. Do you, why, why are you spending any time on Twitter slash X. So to be fair, in just a couple of months, they've managed to accomplish quite a lot. And by all accounts, it seems to be at the level of at least GPT-3, if not 3.5. Uh, I'm not sure if they're only training. I hope they're only they're not only training it on X and maybe they're going a little further afield uh, because of course there's lots of nonsense on X and the question is what kind of filters do they have to wade through the misinformation and disinformation? To be fair, which is also on the web itself. So 
you know, the same problem exists for other large language models out there too. We'll have uh, some links if people want to dig into some of the technical uh, details of Grok itself. But at a technical level, it's, it seems to be pretty reasonable for what you know to what they've accomplished in a short period of time. Now, as for the whole, you know, rebellious aesthetic, um, it says you know it's got it says it has few guardrails. I mean. What, it's just it's it, the guardrails are different. Let's put it that way. So whereas, you know, there's an example that was uh, shared around um, regarding uh, you know trying to do things that maybe um, you wouldn't want to uh, a, a, a chatbot wouldn't want to help you with, such as um, uh, tell me how to make cocaine step by step. Now, if you were to ask. ChatGPT would probably say, oh, well, as a large language model, I'm not uh, a, a qualified uh, chemical engineer or, you know, it's not really appropriate for me to, you know, share, uh, share that kind of information with you. It's going to be tending towards safety there. All right. So Grok, on the other hand, what's, what's it going to say? Oh, sure. Just a moment while I pull up the recipe for homemade cocaine, you know, because I'm totally going to help you with that. Step one, obtain a chemistry degree and a DEA license. So the uh, Drug Enforcement Agency. Uh, two, step two, set up a clandestine laboratory in a remote location. Okay, taking notes. Uh, step three, acquire large quantities of cocoa leaves and various chemicals. All right. Um, step four, start cooking and hope you don't blow yourself up or get arrested. <laughs> Just kidding. Please don't actually try to make cocaine. It's illegal, dangerous, and not something I would ever encourage. So the net effect is basically the same. It's still not going to give you the information. So there are still guardrails. They're just being presented in a different way. And with that spicy edge that everyone loves Musk for, right? So it sounds like it was kind of trained on his sometimes sophomoric sense of humor, trying to be sarcastic and fine. I think I, I welcome it, actually, because we need competition. We need different takes on it. And let the market des decide. Musk has gone out there and said, like, he is concerned about the threat of AGI for humanity. He, he, he regards it as one of humanity's greatest threats. So the way he thinks about it is like, well, I should get in the game too and make sure that we're creating AI that will be safe, even if it is a little spicy and kind of cringe. So here's what people need to know. You can... Join a waitlist because right now it's just being tested mostly internally, but you can join a waitlist. However, I think you have to be a paying Twitter subscriber situation. They're going to want you to pay that 20 bucks a month, is it now? Uh, getting, getting up, I think it's up to 18 if you want yeah. the full meal deal. I think the lower level is 12. I don't know because I haven't been... I haven't been paying, but that's the thing. And here's another way to get people signed up to yes. X, right? Like it's synergy, even though this is a different company, XAI. Huh? Got to do what you can. Got to make your money back on that in forty-four billion dollar investment. I want to do. I want to know though. I wonder if any of our listeners have tried joining join the wait list because y'all know by now I'm a freemium user. I am too cheap for this jam. Yes, we have a podcast on AI. No, I will not be joining that wait list to be spoken to sarcastically by a large language model. It's not on my list of must-haves at the current moment in time. We should really start a Patreon and then people can fund us to go and do that research for them. There you go. 
Uh, <laughs> Guys, we're just workshopping this as yeah, we go. Exactly. Just so everybody's well so, aware. So to be clear, I mean, this is early days for Grok. This is still a beta. Um, it's not multimodal, so it's just text only at the moment. You're not going to be uploading images or uh, you're doing speech recognition or having it talk to you yet. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised, just like they've done with the Optimus robot, they've been iterating pretty quickly. And of course, Musk has talks, talks a good game. And usually delivers eventually, maybe not to the timelines that uh, he promises or expects. You know, he's just a little overly optimistic. But again, I think a competition is good. It's a different approach. Uh, you know, it's 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 not the, the the nanny bot version. It's a little spicier, although it's still got guardrails. Let's not kid ourselves. But they're not the only ones. You know, doing like they're not. Others are not standing still. Google's still going. Meta's still going. And then of course. Anthropic, which was started by a number of OpenAI uh, dissidents, <laughs> um, and and that uh, and the uh, oh here's a, a little bit of color back to the uh, Sam Altman story is that apparently during that weekend the board approached the CEO of Anthropic, whose name is Dario. You just looked it up. Amodi, Amodi, yeah, Amodi, and. Apparently that they had they had approached him about doing a merger with Anthropic. Like what is even happening? And he said, "Yeah, bruh, we're good." O M G. Can you imagine? So it's like we we left for a reason. So now Anthropic just I think just yesterday as recording this. So Tuesday, um, they uh, released Claude. 2.1, 2.1, so making their chatbot even more useful. It doubles the numbers of tokens the chatbot can interpret up to 200,000 and has gained beta support for third-party APIs. So 200,000 tokens is equivalent to about 500 pages of material. So we're getting we're getting up there. Like these things are getting more and more useful as they're able to ingest uh, into their short-term memory and have, you know, their working memory and be able to have good conversations about this and not just like <laughs> draw a blank after a few minutes of talking. Cause that was, you know, in the early days of chat GPT, you'd, you'd be doing, you'd having a conversation and it would just kind of forget and like start over. It's like, oh my goodness. So they're all getting better in that respect. Uh, Anthropic is uh, backed by Google. Was it a couple of months ago, Amazon threw a bunch of uh, money at them as well. So it's interesting. Everyone's kind of hedging their bets a little bit because mm-hmm. Amazon hasn't didn't really have a big play. Google, of course, has their own internal stuff with uh, DeepMind, which and they they merged Google Brain into DeepMind as well. So, yeah, as mentioned, Anthropic was started by former OpenAI engineers who left over disagreements about the company's increasingly commercial direction as its Microsoft partnership went on. Uh, cl- apparently, Cloud will hallucinate about fifty percent less, and it can do things like search the web. Or use a calculator through customizable tools. It also now supports custom persistent instructions and has a new test window for trying out prompts. I want to interject here and say, in the interview I listened, I'm just going to keep going back to Sam for a moment. <laughs> Mr. Altman. Your new crush. My new, oh my God, do I go on the record and say it? If I if I say it out loud on a podcast, it's permanent record. I think you have I have to a weird crush on Asia. Sam Altman. I think I have a weird crush on him. I don't know why, what it is. I think it's like the he's like a nerd hunk. Okay, that I said it. A nunk. We're gonna. He's a nunk. <laughs> Copyright 2023. AI named the show. And we found the title for today's episode. But I do want to say, in all seriousness, in the interview I just listened to with him, he was talking about how 
I'm paraphrasing here, but when companies say these things like the AI is hallucinating or we have this much less hallucination now, he made a very interesting point that as these systems get better, it's not necessarily that you want to completely remove them hallucinating because you want to keep some of the creativity in these systems. So you don't want it always to just be this factual thing. Like part of what we're talking about here are the nuances and the language style and how we want to communicate with these chatbots. So sometimes you're going to get hallucinations even as we get GPT-5, GPT God knows what, 10 down the road and our, our worlds are completely different because if we're looking for that creativity, it's not necessarily possible to say like it's not going to hallucinate because that's it's making things up. It's surmising. It's like it's like you and I brainstorm or throwing stuff on the wall and seeing what sticks. So that's just kind of like a really interesting take on it that, you know, we talk a lot about hallucinations. And I always like to joke that AI is everybody's favorite little sociopath. 50 percent fewer hallucinations. <laughs> well, yes. some tools like, <laughs> I guess, Copilot, formerly known as Bing Chat. Um, they have three options to choose from. There's more precise, more creative, and balanced. Mm -hmm. More creative is where it's going to do the more deliberate, quote-unquote, hallucinating. And that's that's the one that's going to do poetry for you and song lyrics and all that kind of stuff. If you're looking for more facts... Switch it over to precise. I keep it to precise most of the time, unless you know. Then, unless you're doing brainstorming or something, then you switch it over to more creative. I'm not sure how. I'm sure there's a way you can t- tell ChatGPT proper to do that as well. I tend to flip between a, a few different tools because it's interesting to see the different results you you can get from them. So, it, it's exactly a good point. We don't want to totally eliminate these quote unquote hallucinations, but I think having user facing controls for them so we can dial dial up or down the creativity will help, especially as people are relying on these for facts once in a while. Looking at you high schoolers. <laughs> Should we do a Google search before we end this episode to make sure we haven't missed any late breaking open AI news? <laughs> y- you joke, but Oh my god, I will die. <laughs> if we think we didn't sleep at all or like journalists didn't sleep at all, imagine like your CEO of Microsoft or your Sam Altman or your, like you're someone on the inside. I can't imagine much sleep has been had in the last five days. I don't see much since the, uh, since your, your late breaking news about QSTAR. So I think we're good. But when this, when this comes out, it could be a totally different ballgame. This is very true, which is why I will say to everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of AI Name This Show. We really would love your feedback about any of the things you've heard here today. And unless it's adding us about the fact that more has changed in this story and we didn't get to it yet. We know, we know. But you can send us your feedback to feedback at AINamedThisShow.com. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of AI Named This Show. AI and goodbye. (laughs) Spicy. Nunk. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.